Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to a rampant heart of Midlothian who got through to the Scottish Cup fourth round after a 24-0 win over Wraith Rovers at Tynecastle, when no fewer than five players scored at least a hat-trick. Yes, we are now dedicated to the Hearts women's side uh, because they <laughs> seem to be a lot better than the Hearts men's side. Um, 24-0. Let's not talk about the men's team at all. Let's talk about that. What that, in, in all seriousness, what a terrific result and very good to see the women's side uh, performing so well, Mark Donaldson. I wish I could stand up and take my cap off and doff it to you and give you a round of applause. I wondered where the hell you were going with that <laughs> intro. I thought it might be like a, a championship manager or a football manager or a FIFA scoreline or something like that. But yeah, oh, a because, real scoreline, real well, result. Brilliant, brilliant. And I believe Hearts against Hibs is a possibility. Yes, they well. will play Hibs or is it Sterling University? I think the draw's yeah. just been made. So potential derby. Yeah. This, really? this, honestly, do you know what? See if you leave this planet to the women and the girls. <laughs> it would be so much better. Men just make an arse of it. We really, really do. The we, women know what they're think, doing. We think they just we get on better. with it. They keep clean sheets. <laughs> Never mind 24 goals, a clean sheet. And don't give me the don't give me this. We kept a clean sheet against Ross County for the mm. men. Oh my goodness! Did no, we? I was, oh. was going to say Danny McGinley scored a double hat trick. Go on, Danny. Surely she could get a game for the men's team. Can't do any yeah, worse than than our I'd, attackers recently. Pr- prior to Joel Pereira signing, I would have put her in goal. <laughs> um, unfortunately, our I guess our knowledge um of the women's team is fairly limited, so we unfortunately can't focus the hour on them. Although they probably deserve. Yeah. It. <laughs> Yet, they deserve it more than the men's team, to be honest. So we will, I'm afraid, talk about um, Hearts men's team um, last result being that uh, that brave and uh, courageous point they earned against um, the... Mighty, fluent, mighty Ross County. ...fluent attacking team of just being promoted. Anyway, um, so we will talk about that. We'll talk about um, the manager and what we all feel and think about maybe where his future will lie, or if it doesn't lie with Hearts, who could potentially take over the reins. Um, and we will uh, talk about your goals that you've missed football games, which was the homework from Mark from last week. And we'll have a brief look ahead to the upcoming Betfred Cup second round tie against Motherwell. So first up, Hart of Midlothian played Ross County. Now, I'm going to have to apologise on behalf of both Mark and myself, because we ended last week with you think positive. You know, we got beat by Aberdeen, but we're gonna be, we're gonna look at the bright side of things. We're gonna find the positives, and we're gonna go into the county game. It's gonna be great. We're gonna be all attacking, and we're gonna. It's all gonna come together beautifully. We'll win comfortably two or three nil, and things will feel right again. Well, we were miles off the mark with that. We were totally wrong. Um, we also talked about let's not focus on the pitch too much it'll probably be fine um i don't think the pitch was the biggest issue but it certainly was less than fine um i think i I sent you a photo close-up when i was standing next to it mark it certainly did um have some issues following the orchestra that were playing on it Uh, although there was the amusing 
clip that someone posted when the county goalkeeper booted the ball up, which led to the comical error between Slamal and Berra. But I think someone posted it's like he kicked the ball from 2019 and it landed in the 80s. Because um, <laughs> from from the right side of the park, when you're looking from the camera, the gorgy end, um, it's lovely, perfect hybrid green pitch. And then as it crosses the halfway line, <laughs> it kind of turns into this yellow field. Um, do, do, you know what it, do you know what it reminded me of? And a kind of analogy for that. When the kick out is played... It's an ultra HD 4K brand new <laughs> 65 inch TV, and then it ends up in the other half in an Iowa 16 inch <laughs> portable black and white slash color. If you can get the cable at the back properly fixed enough, and you can get the aerial just to the right spot to get the, the grainy color that you need <laughs> from your 16 inch cheap Japanese portable television. Yes. So. Uh, we got it a bit wrong last week. Um, so I'm not going to sit and dissect the game too much, but um, James Walker emailed us and gave us a very long email. I might not get through everything you put in your email, James, but uh, very quickly I thought it would be worthwhile. James gave us a quick run-through of the players and the manager after the game. thought it would be quite useful, and I'll get your thoughts on it afterwards, sure. Mark. Okay. Uh, so James said, Zlamal, flapping sums up. Doyle has to be back in the team next week. Smith, solid as always. No issues with his performance. Keep his place, no doubt. Halkett, great signing and will be crucial uh, this season. Good on the ball and an attacking threat should start every week. Berra, still not himself. Hearts legend and club captain. But when Suter is fit, I won't be disappointed if he is starting every week. White, appears to be a good acquisition. Good energy, bit of pace and good in attack. Pleasantly surprised he lasted the 90 back in the starting 11 next week. Uh, Walker, most energetic player in the park. Unfortunately, most of his work was in our half, but he worked his socks off. We don't want him having to graft in our own half, but shortcomings elsewhere forced him into that. Good to have him back, and he keeps his place, no question. Claire, bang average. Central midfield doesn't work for him. There is a player in there, and he does have a touch of class when he can be arsed. Drop to the bench next week. Potential to be an impact attacking sub. Uh, Demur um, looks to be a solid signing, moved the ball around well and looked comfortable on the ball, paired with Haring when he's back, starts next week. Naismith ran the show in the first half, not sure about him out on the left, slightly wasted in a game at Tynecastle, needs more time to get match fit. Of course he starts next week if he is fit. Washington showed pace and energy, worked hard but nothing to show for it, but, uh, but not for the lack of trying, had no service, aerial balls don't work for him back in next week. Uche, one-dimensional, needs a goal as he's clearly lacking confidence. Could be a solid strike partner if he settles. One more chance next week to show what he can do. Um, I won't get into the subs just now, but a quick run through there, Mark. Um, starting the, we're not, We won't go through every player, but starting in goals because I think that is a crucial subject this week. We've highlighted before, it's obviously changed slightly from maybe when James sent this email because we have signed a keeper. I think Bobby Slamal is done. Uh, that was one of the most comical awful goalkeeping displays I've ever seen by a Hearts player. No more Zlamal for me. Uh, totally with you on that. He is a goalkeeper who's not a bad shot stopper, but that, that's where it is. You, you spoke about Uche lacking confidence. He lacks confidence as well, the goalkeeper. Uh, I think he knows that his time is probably up. The new deal for Doyle, he'll be the backup. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, Joel Pereira, good goalkeeper. Good yes, goalkeeper. Yeah. Commentated on him a few times, um, pre-season friendlies, ICC over here. You're never going to get in ahead of David De Gea and Sergio Romero, the, the Spanish number one um, and 
the Argentine number one. Uh, Man United have him as their third choice. And I know he's been on loan to a lot of teams, but you just want a, you want a goalkeeper who, if both your first choice goalkeepers are fit, you want your third choice to be playing, mm-hmm. ideally. So that's, that's why he's been on loan. So Hart, I believe, from what I've seen so far, and I've seen him make some really good saves, solid, steady goalkeeper, uh, vocal, good English, organises well, he'll be excellent. But for me, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Laurie, to see Zlamal leaving Tyne Castle uh, before the transfer win. I think, I think Hearts will, will try and find a new home for him. Yes, uh, El Gato, as he's known, Pereira, meaning the cat. And he's got a very decent record from penalties, I understand, as well. Uh, Skipper, the youth team at Old Trafford, and his contract is up in the summer, so I guess he'll be yeah, it, playing yeah, for course. his future as well. So a bit, a bit like Dimitri Mitchell in a way, in, in that it's a shop window, whether it's at Hearts or whether it's somewhere else. Uh, do you know what? If he doesn't end up at Hearts next season and he ends up at a big club, I'll be absolutely delighted because the only way he's ending up at a big club is if yeah. he has a good season for Hearts. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Zamal, I think one of the main problems, you know, regardless of shot-stopping ability, is when you're in goals, if what you tend to do is create utter chaos and confusion 100%. around you, it's just, it's the worst position, you know, I think, next next being centre-back, but you can't be a goalkeeper and, and have that indecisiveness that creates confusion, and whilst the, the comical error between him and Berra, I think, maybe lies slightly more with Berra in that instance, it probably just stems from the fact that none of the defenders seem to have a whole lot of faith that Bobby's going to that Bobby's going to make the right decision. He just and you know it, it probably summed him up in the first half when he completely flapped up a, a corner, but they made quite a good save. But I was, honestly, you must be reading my mind because if that <laughs> if anything sums up Bobby Lamal's career at Hearts, it's the really good save that you think, yeah, fine, but why has he had to make the really good save because he flapped at the cross <laughs> ball in the first place? Let, let's move on from him. Joel Pereira, we can, I think we can look forward to enjoying him um, for the season. He'll be the first choice. Colin Doyle will be his backup. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to him starting, assuming international clearances is yeah. uh, obtained in time, at Motherwell on Friday. Uh, one other player to look at, A.D. White, uh, because it's oh, the good. first time we've seen him. Um, obviously, James's email was quite positive, and I felt the same. I, I was very surprised he lasted 90. I think that well, was... Oh, you had him subbed in your commentary. Uh, yes, well, so happens when someone jogs over when the board gets put up. <laughs> you um, also had no changes at halftime. That, that that was because I was still running around the side of them. Okay, Ari, right, this isn't slate lorry pro- time, okay? I, I'm just I'm just proving that I listen to you. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of which, that's the two things against you. I thought the rest of the commentary was excellent as per. Um, tell Jimmy to remove himself from the 1980 Japanese 16-inch TV um, horrible pitches era that he clearly still lives in and inform him that just because there's a woman running the line does not need mention. This is 2019. Whether a player's straight, gay, whatever, whether a, a, a linesman is male, female, alien, don't give a toss. Let's move on. We didn't need that from Jimmy. Oh, look, we've got a woman running the line. Come on, son. Really? Wow. <laughs> he's obviously not been paying attention because um, Kylie is quite often running the line. She's a, she's a FIFA official. I know, I know. She's a FIFA assistant referee. I told you, the women, leave it to the women. 24 nil clean sheets, double hat-tricks, assistant referees. They just get the job done. They don't mess around. They don't seek plaudits or anything like that. They just get on with it. Oh. Anyway, moving on to yes. the Hearts central midfield. Oh, yes. Um, 
I guess there's a there's a positive and a negative in there for me, and it's again similar to what James said. I can't really argue with anything that he highlighted. Good, uh, good correspondence, good email. Uh, Demur, um, I thought it looked good. Um, yeah, fine. I Difficult thought, coming into a new a new kind of uh, a new environment, but yeah, fine. It looked. It reminded me a lot of when we signed Joachim Adau uh, in terms of, you know didn't do the wasn't spectacular but you know was tidy on the ball recycled possession well read the game reasonably well picked up wasn't a game that you're expecting him to flourish because he's a holding he's a defensive midfielder obviously the onus were was on teammates to do something more but i thought he settled in well the the negative side of it was again maybe what we expected was i guess his teammate in the center which was sean claire who still just doesn't look like he's going to be able to do it in that position no you just how long do you persevere with this? You've had opportunities in the Betfred Cup against lesser opposition. You've had opportunity against Ross County at home. Granted, they're all right and they, they play some good football. But come on, are, are we going to keep doing this just because we're stubborn? Let's move on from this. It's an experiment that hasn't worked. And people might say, oh, it needs more time. Well, how much longer are you going to give it? I completely agree. And up front, um, I mean... Again, James highlighted the fact that Washington showed good energy. Uh, you know, he's obviously needing a goal, I think, to get that side of it up. But I thought he was the most dangerous of the forwards. Uche, though, um, just doesn't doesn't look like he's he's got any confidence just now. Um, I'm really not sure on him. And it was another game where it just looked to be clumsily ploughing around the park. And I wasn't quite sure what we were trying to do with him. And then when we go direct, it doesn't work at all because he isn't very good in the air. Um, by the way, just while we're doing this, Hearts have announced Glenn Whelan. Confirmed, okay. Signing <laughs> confirmed uh, by Hearts just a couple of minutes ago. So that's a really good signing. Uche doesn't appear to be the player that we signed. and He seems to have gone back a little bit. I really hope it's just a confidence thing. But we can't try and force it with him and it's difficult as I said last week I don't think he's an impact sub because he's just a bully boy that's going to come on with adrenaline pumping and um, veins popping out of his head to try and do something because he's by all accounts he's the most honest kid he works so hard he's desperate to do well maybe he just needs a goal I hope that's the case because I hope he isn't this player going forward hopefully once he gets a goal we'll see the the Uche that we, we we liked in the first half of last season. James also goes on to briefly mention the manager. So he says, Levine was, as usual, getting pelters from the main stand. He can't be held responsible for every single individual error individuals make during a game. I'm in the minority here wanting folk to give Levine a chance, but I stand by that and I will quite happily take stick if I'm wrong. He's brought in good players and things will take time. What people seem to forget is that he and Austin McPhee um, they are attracting names such as Demur and Naismith. He's developed the club in terms of youth, etc. He needs another season. People seem to think if we get Levine out, suddenly we will win the Champions League. Who do we get? Klopp, Pep, behave, get behind the team, or we're going nowhere. You want to have this conversation now or later? Well, we'll have a Levine conversation um, just now. Um because in contrast to that, Derek also emailed us in. Thank you for getting in touch, Derek. And he says, Levine has to go. Should have gone in the summer, win or lose. We're in the same boat as when Cather was on the way out. I would give the job to an interim manager like Neil McCann or Gary Naismith until the end of the season. Not the time for any of the current backroom staff. 
Um, so there's a, a for and against. Um, which side are you swinging to right now? Regrettably, I've I've decided to to state my case now that his time is up. Not because the majority of Hearts fans are. I'm not a sheep. I don't do what everyone else does. I, I have my own mind. Um, I'm right sometimes and I'm wrong other times. I don't know if I'm right with this, but a couple of things. Uh, there's a piece by Gary Mackay in the mm-hmm. Evening News yeah. today about, about uh, accountability. Michael Stewart made the same similar points as well. Who the accountability is, is to in the setup that we have right now. It's a bit, it's a bit too cosy. Over here in the United States, um, being a football slash soccer commentator, if the person you work for doesn't really know the game, a British accent's always a good start, but believable bullshit can get you a fair distance. Now, the, the, the corresponding analogy with, with Hearts is that I don't think it's that difficult because Craig Levine's a smart guy for him to prove and persuade and budge that it's a work in progress. Yeah. But it's been a work in progress for a long time now. And the other thing, apart from accountability, is consequences. So as much as I think his time is up, I'm not getting rid of him right now. And I've thought this through. Why am I not getting rid of him right now? You don't have a knee-jerk reaction to something. And people will say, well, it's not knee-jerk. It's been going on for a while. The knee-jerk reaction would be get rid of him now, and then you've got a now what? For me, Craig Levine should stay at Heart of Midlothian Football Club as director of football, in charge of the academy. Call it what you want. Give him whatever title of what you want. Basically, back to the role he was in prior to becoming head coach. I think that role suits him. I don't think he's, he's bad at identifying transfers. And as you say, with Austin McPhee and, and the likes, uh, the kid from the Japanese kid from Man City, who, who was at Tynecastle on Saturday watching on, uh, Austin McPhee speaks Japanese. But the bigger picture here for me is that the reason I'm not getting rid of Craig Levine right now is because there has to be someone that's going to come in. And as, as if you're keeping Craig Levine at the football club, you, you need to have a smooth transition here. So I know we'll get onto this as this podcast goes on, because I think this is important. And I know we've had um, we've had listeners getting in touch, which I'm intrigued to find out who they want as the next Hearts coach. But I don't th- we haven't seen enough improvement. As I agree with a lot of what Michael Stewart said, and I disagree with a fair bit as well, because I think there is an element of a personal vendetta there. And to an extent, Craig Levine is an easy target. However, Hearts fans can be fickle. All fans can be fickle. I'm fickle. And I don't want to see direct debits and various other things shut down because of the performances on the pitch. That's a completely separate issue. But Hearts, Tynecastle, home fans, when things are going well, no better place. There's no sign of that right now. And I believe that was the lowest first home attendance of the season for, for many years. So fans are now start voting with their feet even if they've bought season tickets. It was also it was also the lowest home weekend league attendance, which uh, is maybe how, how much you read into that I don't know, but since twenty seventeen. Right. That that's I mean a league game which is obviously played on a Saturday or Sunday, not a midweek game or a cup game where season tickets don't count. I think that is significant because it was a fifteen and a half thousand tenants announced. It was it was definitely not fifteen and a half thousand. It was that includes bit, season tickets. That, that includes season tickets. tickets. So I think that is I think that's notable because your home your first home league game of the season is usually where 
there is a bit of blind optimism still. The Betfred Cup that starts earlier maybe has an impact on that. But usually your first home league game of the season, everyone's buzzing to get back to the proper football. So, Laurie, it's usually supplemented as well by people in town for the Edinburgh Festival. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you, you do get a decent crowd. In, in summary, for me, Craig, Craig Levine's had enough opportunities. And, and it's, it's, it's a constant, okay, let, let, let's sign um, Damore. Let's sign Glenn Whelan. You, again, it's, it's not the whole agreement with Michael, Michael Stewart here because he, he, he does have an eye for a player. Uh, no one's ever going to get 100% strike rate. But no. in summary, Craig Levine should move back to his role. He's had enough opportunities now. He should move back to his previous role, let someone else be in charge. But that should only happen once we have the right person in charge to take over. And right now, I don't think we've identified that person. So for me, it's a, it's not a case of working your notice, but it's a case of, if I'm on budge, I'm deciding, right, I'm on the lookout for someone else. But in the meantime, you stay where you are. Do you think then, and I, I know where you're going with this, and I know we know that Craig Levine's in the last year of his current contract as head coach. Um, do you think it would work um, or it would be a good thing if, for instance, a football club came out and said, look, we've had a conversation, or even if it came from Craig, this is going to be my last season as head coach. We are going to do a long-term um, recruitment process to make sure we get this bang on. So I will be in charge for the end, till the end of this season. Regardless of what happens at the end of this season, we are going to look at recruiting someone else in the summer, and then they'll have a proper time to assess the team, make, make some transfers. Something like that, do you think? Because I understand where you're coming from, that it's very hard to say if... I wouldn't be averse to Craig Levine going now, in all honesty, but I know what you mean. It's going to be upheaval, regardless of how good... You've got to have a plan Next. in place. If you get rid of a, ch- a chief executive in any company, you've got to have a plan in place for, for who replaces them. I'll be honest. What you have just said, I hadn't thought about. And I think it makes perfect sense. But it only makes because perfect sense. Because it might sense. appease... the pro- my, my, real uh-huh, worry, my real worry but, is the fact... That, you know, we did, we did a poll on um, Scarves in the Funnel. And fair enough, it was not long after the 0-0 draw with Ross County. Um do you want Craig Levine to stay or go? Right now, stay or go. And I know that Hearts Rant, which is a Twitter account as well, also did one pretty much bang on the same results. It was like 88% yeah, go, go yeah. now. And I think I think that's probably right. Eight or nine out of ten at the moment, we feel, I agree. has to go. The one, the, the, one, the one thing I would say about what you, what you came up with or the idea that, that you mentioned, I think it would work if it's announced now or mm. in the short term. Not January, February, because right now you still have an opportunity to get people on side. Those yeah. that are dissatisfied, uh, that 85 to 90 percent, you're not going to satisfy them all because they'll be like, no, he's got to go now. There'll be, a, Of course, there'll be a lot of people like yeah, that. Yeah. And I get that. These are the paying customers. These are the ones that we should be listening to. There's a, there seems to be a disconnect as well at, at, at the football club. And I know there'll be a transfer of ownership um, with Anne Budge staying on, but we need to have everybody going in the same direction. And if we get a, a chunk, a majority of that 85% of dissatisfied uh, Hearts fans back on side or uh, more patient than they're going to be, if we announce that that's the case, it makes a lot of sense for me because and I'm taking boxes as I'm going along here. I'm not going to get rid of Craig Levine if I'm in charge right now until I've got a successor. 
that to an extent, if you come out and say that, you can think it, but if you come out and say it, you're then thinking, that's putting pressure on me to come up with something pretty quickly. Whereas with what you said, that's given them nine months. It's given them an opportunity to either bring someone in. It's giving them an opportunity to, to groom someone at the club to be the head coach. It's giving them a little bit longer. And it's also saying to the fans, you will have someone new in charge. Just be patient with us. Give us this season. So out of the two, wait until we've got someone else or what you suggested. I would go with what you've suggested. But I think it has to come from Craig Levine. I think it has to come from Craig Levine with the, with the backing of the club. I think the club suggests it, persuade him. He then say, and I think this, this means he goes back to his, his, his previous role. Lewis Carruthers um, emailed in as well. He said, um, I'm not arguing for or against in this email. I just think it's a bit sad the lack of respect that is shown for a true heart man. I understand the frustration has led to people becoming angry, but some things that are shouted on a match day, said in the pub or on Twitter, are quite distasteful, considering everything he's given to the club as a player and a manager. He said, I myself snapped after the whistle against East Fife. However, I just hope Craig leaves with dignity. Something that maybe would have been possible a while ago, sadly. Cheers, all the best, Lewis. Uh, so thanks good for point. Email. Thanks for And it is a good point, and I certainly, yep. there have been some things, people have been going over the top with, with certain things they've said, and... I think Mark's probably the same as me. When I say that I think Craig Levine's time is up, I don't, I don't like having to say that, and I wouldn't say it's not a personal, not, no. it's not a personal thing. I mean, I like Craig Levine as he's a, and he's a, obviously a massive Hearts guy, and he's done so much for Hearts as a football club, both on the pitch and both and off it. Nothing against that at all, but that doesn't mean that you kind of look past that. You know, if if Rudy Scatchell came back to Hearts and was a Hearts manager, I'd be desperate for him to be a good Hearts manager. But if he ended up being bad. You'd still have to say it when it gets that, but I'm not going to be. There's nothing personal about it. It's just. Let, let me let me give you the perfect example there. When no. I was at Radio Four, <laughs> no, no, other side of the sea. When I was at Radio Fourth doing Hearts and Hibs, Frank Sozi became the boss. Okay, yeah, yeah. Couldn't yeah. meet a nicer guy. Hibs legend, uh, tail end of his career, gave everything as a player to that football club, became manager. Horrible, horrible manager. Just did not work. He was too pally with the players. Beat Stranraer. <laughs> killed me that game uh, because I had uh, Paco Luna and 3-0 um, in, a, in a kind of betting double and they it's scored four, a four. Wasn't it? yeah. I think it was Hurtado scored late on or something like that anyway um, just because you are a player uh, who's has a great affinity with the club is a supporter of the club or like Soze has come in in the tail end of his career and, and been brilliant for the football club as a player doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager. And there's, there's so many examples of this. You have to separate. The, you have to take the maroon-tinted glasses off here. I've got a loads of time for Craig Levine. Um, Craig Levine's burned a few bridges with a few people over the years. And we went through a spell where um, I would never say we were tight. But I, I, I could always pick up the phone to him. And, and if we hadn't fallen out, he would, he would usually answer it. He'd give me a couple of, uh, a couple of tips for a couple of things. Um, and and he he's someone I'll, I'll always because he was he was part of the team he was part of the squad when I first went to to <laughs> see my club um, there was no one prouder than him on the cup final day when he when he led the team out against Celtic and it was it was great and that's why I don't want him to leave the football club he's got a big role to play developing the next generation for the next coach or the coach after that. But it's just not working. You've just got to accept sometimes. And if he's honest with himself, he'll be so frustrated that he's not been able to have a more of an impact 
with this football team. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. If you get them in private, no, no, no phones, no journalism, no nothing. Just two people chatting. He's one of them. He would say that he, he's done so much. He's tried so hard, but it, it's, we're just going round in circles now. Sadly, we're bringing in more players. We're we're trying yeah. to rectify it. We're we're trying to we're trying to put a plaster over a big hole. And just because he was a Hearts player, Hearts captain, Hearts legend, it, it's not working out. It's it's not his fault. It's like asking it's like asking us to play for Scotland at the World Cup. It mean it mean nothing more for us. Anybody anybody listening to this, you get a call from Stevie Clark. Oh. We'd like you to play for Scotland in the forthcoming qualifiers for the Euros, or we'd like you to represent Scotland at the World Cup. No one's turning it down. Are you equipped to do it? No, you're not, but you're not turning it down. And you do your best. It's just not good enough. That's the situation we're in right now. Craig Levine has done his best in the second spell at Tyne Castle, but sadly, it's not good enough. It's time for someone else to get the opportunity with him still at Tyne Castle in a different role. And my concern is that we could well have another spell where things appear to be going right because we have got a very good group of players i've kind of lost faith that even if that happens that we're not going to get into another similar situation be that later in the season or next season because i mean we've obviously overhauled the squad a couple of times now and in the summer craig levine was very much of the opinion we're not signing many players i'm quite happy with the core and he said looking for four at the end of last season in June, I had a look through, I was looking back through kind of reports and quotes, and in June, after three signings, he said, um, I think the football in Scotland is getting better, the better the players, the better the league, and I think Connor and Jamie will add to the league, that's obviously Connor Washington and Jamie Walker, we aren't going to do an awful lot of business this summer. Um, goalkeepers, still in June, quite comfortable, we have the goalkeeping position covered with Bobby and Doyler, these are both very good goalkeepers, made a couple of mistakes last year. Um, any mistake is highlighted. I feel they'll both be better this year than they were last year. I know they know their club in the same bear, so I don't need to sign another goalkeeper. There's a um, lot of changing of the goalposts here, isn't there? Late on. Yeah, and I mean he said a couple of times. I'm not going to go into all the depth, into all of this, but they, we talked about four players, maybe one other if we lose a midfielder. Um, and suddenly we're two weeks into the season, so we signed Demur. Uh, Whelan is obviously confirmed now. We signed Pereira, so that's three more on top of the four that we had signed, so up to seven. Um, Ryotaro Mishino, you mentioned the young 21-year-old Man City attacking midfielder, Japanese could be a very good player is on the radar so we're potentially looking at then 8, so we've already doubled the amount that he said we need it so to me, again, we're already panic buying because it's not working and to me, that's such a concern two weeks into the league season 100% agree, here's what I say about this Stevie Clark at Kilmarnock improved individuals Yeah, that's what he did Brendan Rodgers, when he came to Celtic, didn't add that many, but improved individuals. We need to find a head coach who can improve individuals. Not go and use his scouting network, which is decent, mm-hmm. and go and bring players in. But we need to imp- Can you imagine improvement in a lot of the kids that we have to the next level? A lot of them would be in the first team. And you wouldn't need to go and pick up these players that we're picking up. And I'm sure there'll be decent signings. But we are not getting out of this Hearts team and these Hearts players the cumulative total of their ability. We are underachieving with the players that we yeah. have. I'm, yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to give you a team, okay? Listen to this, and give me your f- the first thing that comes into your head after I've read out the final name. So 4-3-3, mm-hmm. Joel Pereira in goal, mm-hmm. Michael Smith, John Souter, Craig Halkett, Eddie White. Midfield three, Peter Haring, Glenn Whelan, Loic Damore. Up front, Jamie Walker, Connor Washington, Stephen Naismith. 
that's a top three side at, at absolute worst fourth of Aberdeen. Yeah. But there you go. That's a bloody good team. No one, good no one's, keeper. no one's got a better team than that outside of the old firm. Agreed. Celtic and Rangers. And, and that, that's the thing. You, you can put Hickey in at left back or whatever. But I'm going for the experience that, mm-hmm. that we have right now. Joel Pereira in goal, Smith, Souter, Halkett and White, Haring, Whelan and Demur, Walker, Washington, Naismith. That is that is decent. Now, with Craig Levine in charge and the style of football that he has been playing, would that be a top three team? Not convinced. But if you maximise the potential of those players and you get a team performance based on what they are capable of, I am 100% with you. That is a top three team. Got an interesting message on this from Feg Bizet. Um He said, think his previous blueprint from Hearts and Dundee United in relation to Levine would still translate exceptionally well if executed properly with the appropriate personnel. Big back four, two wide players that put crosses into the box, two athletic central midfielders, a big striker and one with pace. Most importantly of all, significant set-piece supremacy, scoring way more from corners and free kicks than conceded. This was his recipe for success at United and at Hearts in his first spell. You won't convince me that the same recipe wouldn't be effective now, providing it was cooked up properly again. This is interesting because I, you might mention to people who listen regularly that I've talked about this before, that I think it's a common misconception that one of Craig Levine's problems this time around is uh, too physical, direct style of play, back to front, to a big guy. If anything, I think he's tried to adapt how he obviously originally managed, which was very much a flat 4-4-2, big striker, little striker, width and lots of direct play. Um, part of the problem, and I think you saw against Ross County, was sideways, no tempo, no penetration. Um, so interestingly, I obviously have too much time on my hands sometimes. I thought, I'm going to have a look back at some of the games which I think of when I think of Craig Levine uh, Mark won some of the games that worked well for him. Um, didn't go through them all because I needed some highlights to look at. So I picked a few. Um, Hearts 4, Motherwell 2, September 2002. This is the season um, that Hearts finished in third. Craig Levine's first really successful season um, as manager. 4-4-2. And if you compare this, this is funny, Mark. Like When you compare this to like what the Hearts current team is, it's like, Christ, he has a lot more at his disposal now. Roddy McKenzie in goals. Um, Alan Mabry right back, Paul McMullen left back, Stephen Presley and Kevin McKenna in the centre, Stephen Boyack on the right, Jean-Louis Valois on the left, Scott Severin and Phil Stamp in the middle, and up front, Mark De Vries and Andy Kirk. Um, typical kind of Levine game. I mean, Hearts did find themselves 2-0 uh, behind. Mark De Vries, header from a free kick, simple cross at the box, header, goal, 2-1. 2-2. Um, McMullen drives down the wing from his fullback position, whips it across. Andy Kirk with the header, 2-2. Um, to make it 3-2, Hart spread to play left to right. Early cross from Mabry from fullback. It's a bit of a poor clearance. Valwa drives it in from the left this time to his fellow winger, Boyack, who hits it in 3-2. And 4-2, Motherwell try to push up. Phil Stamp, quick ball from back to front, right over the top of the defence. Andy Kirk on the shoulder of the last defender. Outpaces him, through on goal, 1-1, one 4-2. Um, and that's a very Craig Levine first spell type of game. Four four two, not a whole lot of quality. There's some good players in there, but overall, if you can compare that to the team you just gave me, you'd have to say the current team's much better technical ability wise. 
you know, Stephen Boyack out on the right. I mean, Stephen Boyack was a very limited footballer, but it worked for what Levine wanted. He got down the he got down the right wing and he got crosses into the box to Mark De Vries. And I think maybe De Vries is the key here. Is a target man who was so good in the air, he was so good at holding the ball up, and he would score with his head so often. But it worked. And I liked Craig Levine Mark one, especially at Tynecastle. We were so good at Tynecastle. We were so effective. And after that, now I've got a whole other, we'll probably take too long, but I've got a whole, I've got three or four other games I sat and watched the highlights of again. Um, and it's so similar. So many goals coming from crosses or free kicks. De Vries key in a lot of things. I understand what Feg Bizet's saying there, but I know it's maybe strange to say because it's only been, what, 15, 16 years since Craig Levine was at Hearts in his first spell. Football's evolved a lot since then. I don't know if you can effectively play like that. Can you? I mean, I've not sat and dissected that, but you don't see many teams doing that these days, certainly not in a very successful manner. Not at, I guess, maybe lower league. I don't watch or see a lot of the lower league stuff in Scotland, but certainly top flight in Scotland and and England, it's changed a lot as well. And obviously the continent's always had a slightly different style anyway. I don't know if you can play that anymore. I think you can sum it up by two words, Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is picking up Sky being sports money now um, because he's he's not in the game. I'm sure that he's had many offers to get back in the game. But Jose, Jose Mourinho then, as a coach of Porto and Inter, was a fantastic coach. But he was he was current at the time. His style of play was was what was required to be successful. I don't think he was able to evolve and adapt. And I think that's now why he didn't have a good spell at Man United, among other reasons. Football has changed. There are exceptions to the rule. Neil Warnock, uh, although Cardiff went back down last season, uh, he didn't he didn't change his style of football that got him up from the Championship to the Premier League. He thought, well, this is how we're going to play. Now, it didn't work out for them. So he's an exception to the rule. Someone like Craig Levine, the, the analogy for that would be along the lines of wanting something too much and trying something too hard and being a little bit too desperate for, for something to happen and that you keep changing and you're not patient. That, that That's the key. So you go into all the Betfred Cup games and you play four at the back. Then you go to Aberdeen and you play three at the back. And you're thinking, OK, well, he didn't really practice that in, in any of the, the pre-season, I don't believe. I know you watched some and I think the boys were saying that he, he didn't really play a three and irrespective of if he did once, in the Betfred Cup games, he, he played four at the back, then went to a three. There's, there's, it's the impatience. I'll, I'll give you the analogy of the fantasy football manager. Oh, look, Marcus Rashford scored two. Harry Kane scored two at the weekend. I don't have them in my team. I'm going to take a hit, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm going, to, I'm going to get them in. You take the hit and the players that you've got rid of, who you got, you've spent probably a month getting these players in your team. You suddenly get rid of them. Guess what? You get rid of them in week two. They do well. There has to be an element of patience, but it has to be uh, timely patience because you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and, and hope for results. But you also have to realise if something's not working, it needs changed. So for, for Craig Levine right now, he's desperate to do well, but I think, and, and here's what I've just, as you were talking about the, 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 the game that you mentioned, I've tallied up his total number of games as a Hearts manager, first and second spell, up to and including the Ross County game at the weekend. He's had 264 games in charge, 113 wins, 64 draws, and 87 defeats. That is a lot. 
Only Jim Jeffries has more in his couple of spells in charge, going going way back. I mean, you have to go back to, to Tommy Walker, um, who's, who was well clear of that. So he, he's basically, he's, he's third in the combined spell of managers. And we haven't really had much success with them. So you've got a choice. You can stick with them and hope it eventually changes. But by that stage, you're, you're in danger of the fans saying, you know what, until something changes, I'm not going back or I'm, I'll give them the money, but I'm not really interested. We can't have that. We, we've got to keep the fan base on board. And for me, right now, that requires change, albeit the change has to come at a time when we're in a place for a succession plan uh, to be implemented. Talking of that change, we did also put out on the Twitter page, do you think Craig Levine should go? And, and if so, who would you replace him with? Because it's one of these that gets... One of the answers you often hear is, well, there's no point in getting rid of him if you don't know who you can replace him with. Which is... This, is, this, is the point, this is the point I'm making. And ever since yeah. episode one of this podcast, Laurie, we have said it's easy to identify problems. It's harder to come up with solutions. It might not be the solution, but you can't have X without Y. If you're the chairman, if you want rid of Levine, put yourself as the chairman or chief executive of Hearts. Fine, go and get rid of him. Who are you bringing in? Oh, I don't know. But I need to get rid of them. Doesn't okay. work like that. Let's let's yeah. hear some of these names. Yeah, I would always say the caveat, and I've said it before, is I still think it's down to a club's board to recruit and listen to people do interviews and hear people's visions. And there might be some candidates out there that we've never heard of. You know, who'd heard of Paolo yep. Sergio? Um, yeah, but how many how many how many times are the managers on the board like we have? Yeah, well, that's that, that's a difficulty, yes. Uh, okay, but anyway, we'll, we'll get stuck into it because we have had a lot of replies in this. Peter Douglas says, there are some decent managers out of work. Would they come to hearts? Nigel Adkins, Gary Rowett, Gus Poyet, Karanka. I bloody love Paul Clement. Um, I had a look at a couple of these because some of them I know the names, but I was like, remind me again how things went with, with their recent jobs. So Paul Clement, 47, last two jobs were Swansea in the Premier League and Reading in the Championship. He was sacked, though, from both after poor results. Swansea were bottom when he left. Reading were just outside the relegation zone. His other full managerial post was with Derby, where he lasted seven month, uh, months, despite the club being just five points off the top when he left. Style of football was apparently a big factor. And I actually found, <laughs> you'll like this, Mark, I found a quote. I was looking at some reports, and this was, I think, when he went to the next job, Um some Derby fans didn't enjoy his brand of football, which they felt was too slow, deliberate, and painstakingly planned out, lacking tempo, spontaneity, and flair. Hmm. <laughs> does that does that sound familiar? Yeah, I think we're in a position now. When when looking, there will there will be a manager, your head coach eventually, whenever whenever it is, short term, medium term, long term. I think by seeing what Stevie Clark has done, I think we become a more attractive league to coach in. Mm -hmm. Kilmarnock were horrible. They were relegation candidates. He came in. He improved the players that he had. He added one or two really good signings. And he was a shoo-in. He was as close to a unanimous decision for a national team job when it came up as you're likely to get. They all yeah, satisfy yeah. some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. That's as close as you're going to get to unanimity. That was, that was done by Kilmarnock taking a chance, and good on them for that, because the Alessio uh, appointment it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be as good right now. But it's it's thinking outside the box. With that comes risk. Mentioned Sozi earlier at Hibs. I covered 
many, many new Hibs appointments over the years. And some of them were like, who? Tony Mowbray, I remember. And people were like, whoa, that's, that's left field. They were a club and are a club that do things. They're not frightened to take a chance. It might not work all the time. Paul Heckingbaum might not have been their first choice. Did well last season. Again, it hasn't worked out this season. But now with the Stevie Clark example, someone like a Paul Clement or others would not be turning their nose up like they may have done with this glamorous, uh, good-looking, big-boobs lipstick Premier League that's (laughs) so close to to where they want to be. Uh, Just because we're in the... The, the, the dorky um, beauty school dropout Scottish Premiership. There's there's loads of ways to get to a supermodel. Alex Davy says Gary Monk, uh, decent football and young enough to be in touch with the modern footballer. Uh, this is one I, I quite like the sound of when you first say it. Gary Monk, uh, still only 48, managed Swansea, Leeds, Middlesbrough, Birmingham, was sacked by Swansea. They were 15th in the Premier League at that point, though he quit Leeds after the Italian takeover in 2017, they'd only just missed out on a playoff spot. The departure was a bit of a shock. Um, Borra were newly relegated. He only lasted six months there before leaving by mutual consent. They were ninth and a difficult time at Birmingham where he fell out with the chief exec and was sacked just in the summer. Um, again, there were criticisms of his style of football at Middlesbrough and Birmingham. But from what I recall, certainly in his Swansea um, and then Leeds time, he was quite a possession-based manager. Uh, Gary Monk, so I don't know what you think of that one. Yeah, again, there's loads of players, uh, sorry, coaches like that. I was I was in at work yesterday doing um, the usual ESPN FC stuff, and Paul Mariner was our FC pundit for the day. Paul Mariner's uh, big pals with Steve Walsh, who was at Leicester. He's the guy that found N'Golo Conte on a, a, a scouting trip to, to France. Uh, and we were discussing Steve Walsh, uh, and up came Craig Shakespeare. There was an article in The Athletic, mm-hmm. um, which is a is really good some articles, really good articles um, on The Athletic uh, for the UK now that it's been launched. Big article on, on Craig Shakespeare. Didn't work out for him at, Lex, at, at Leicester. But uh, again, he plays football the right way, really good with the kids. Um, often a, a tangent, there is a club that he may end up at in England. That, that's I can't say too much just now because it might involve like a takeover or, or whatever that Paul's involved with. But if that didn't happen, someone like a Craig Shakespeare... Uh, appointments like that, you Gary Monk and a, a Paul Clement or or whatever, you're you're always going to get some Hearts fans are like, okay, it's not bowling us over. It'd be like Davy Moyes been appointed at Celtic and instead of Neil Lennon, they'd be like, okay, it, it wouldn't be your Stevie Clark Scotland appointment. Do we look closer to home? And I'm, I'm intrigued for some of your other names that have been sent in. I, I thought about this before we started this podcast. I was thinking about this this morning. Who, who's in Scotland that? I was actually, I was, I was going to text, I didn't, I was going to text Robbie Nielsen on the QT and say, by the way, if Hearts ever came in for you, would you be interested in coming back? Didn't, so we'll never know, and I'm not going to do it now. Uh, Robbie Nielsen, uh, have we been there? Is it time to move on? What about Ga- Gary Holt, Livingston? There, Gary Holt gets a mention. Phil Roger does say Robbie Nielsen seems to be getting results, although I'm not sure if there's a tongue-in-cheek moment there. Um, Feg Bissett has sent a picture and just said this is a very easy one surely and that picture is a certain Inverness manager celebrating Tanadice um last season so I mean they were ICT beaten in the playoffs last season reached the Scottish Cup semi he knows hearts well he's mentioned by a couple of people as well saying last time he didn't get a proper chance and obviously the Lithuanian takeover happened around the same time there was a bit of upheaval what do you know I sent you I sent you well, I'm going to turn it around on you 
I sent you that message. What about Robbo? What did you say to me? Can't remember. What did I say? You want me to? You want me to read it? I don't know. What did I say? I can't remember. Are you worried now that you might have said something that you don't want read out? Because if you don't, no, I'll not cause... say it. No, I don't think I did. Go ahead. Okay, I'll find it. Um, what about just while I find it? What about? Um, is, does it got to be someone in Scotland? Should we think further afield? Oh, I mean, Mark's connections. What about what about Neil McCann, Gary Naismith? They, they get mentions. I mean, Matthew Harold says Takis Fisas. The lift it would give the entire club added to the fact he'd command a great amount of respect in the dressing room. Um, it's a nice thought. He's never actually been a manager though, and I believe he is now in politics. From what I from what I read, is that right? Fisas. God knows. I'm actually on Transfer Market website looking at out-of-work managers right now and seeing who's available. <laughs> Given the, the fact we're, unli- we're unlikely to get Mourinho and Wenger, I noticed that Gordan Petric is on there, having left uh, Larissa in the Greek Super oh, League. My. And the only reason that, the only reason I mention that is not because I want him as the next Hearts manager, but the wonderful YouTube account um, from Amoruso Let's It Run put up the highlights, the sports scene half hour of Hearts against Stuttgart the other day, of which I of which I watched and put myself through. That's the one when Ralph Ranjik said to us afterwards that he thought it was football they were playing, not basketball, when he saw Kevin James. Um, it was <laughs> yes. funny, when, when they were going through the teams, Thomas Eck, there was a loads of injuries that Hearts had that night, and we still came so close. But I, I don't think since that night I had watched the chance again that Petrich had oh, in, oh. in the dying moment. Oh, my goodness me. He just rushes it. And that would have been, a, I know it was like a first round tie, Balakov had scored over there and uh, 3-2 and that would have put us, that would have been the, the, the same scoreline that put us through when we played Slavia Prague mm-hmm. and Glenn Snowden scored the free kick. But the chance from Gordon Petric was, if it was if it was a striker, I'm sure they would have done it. I'm sure they would have, I'm sure they would have scored, but it wasn't and hey ho. We've had a lot of shouts for you know different managers. Um, Ian Holloway, just for laughs, has come up a few times with likes of uh, Billy Steedman. Um, <laughs> we've got you know Sergio to return, um, Gary Rowett, Claudio Ranieri, David Moyes gets mentioned by a couple of people as well. Um, I would say whether you think it's the best one or not. I mean, Simi says David Moyes genuinely think we'd be an exciting proposition as a club right now. We have quality in the squad. Hearts may well be the platform he needs to kick start his career. He's no mug. His record at Preston and Everton is impressive. I think it'd be an unlikely candidate for us to manage to persuade. 56 last five jobs are all in the Premier League. Everton, Man United, uh, well, sorry, including top flight anyway in Spain and England because he had Real Sociedad in there, Sunderland in the Premier League, West Ham in the Premier League. Would he go to a team that have most recently been mid-table in the Scottish Premiership? Yeah, well, think about that. Think about what we've said and and what I've said about uh, Craig Levine staying on at the club. A David Moyes character is not going to work for someone like a Craig Levine or whatever. He'd want full autonomy, I believe, in budgets and whatever. So I think that would be pretty much a non-starter. I think you're looking for a head coach as opposed to a manager. Do we? Which, 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 sorry, sorry which, which brings in your 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 Neil McCanns, your your yeah. Gary Naismiths, your your players, your John Robertson. Robbo would fit in seamlessly with that, with the relationship he he's got. So if Levine stays, you're looking for a head coach. You're not looking for a manager. Is that gonna? I don't know if we'll ever have that clean break, though, then, that the fans want. And I'm not saying that Levine should go, but if he does stay, should there not be a complete 
disconnect from what he does in terms of the first team. So transfers, well, that, yeah, training, yeah, yeah. management is all with the new guy, whoever which, they might be. Which is fair. So therefore, you're making Levine your academy manager or in tra- head of youth or, or whatever. And that that would be a big climb down. Um, and it would be, a, a, you'd have to swallow his pride to, to do that. But if he was to remain a board member, um, I mean, you could... You can call something anything. You can call it director of, of whatever, give him some grandiose title. Uh, it might mean he's not in charge of first-team affairs, but you don't need to... What happens behind the scenes? Only they know. And by the way, going back to your response <laughs> about, about Robbo, um, so, so here's the conversation. It was meant to say, would you take Robbo back? It auto-corrected to Robbie. I didn't realise it had auto-corrected to Robbie. Oh, I still thought oh. it said Robbo. Ah, so, sorry. I instead thought, of it, okay, yeah, okay. So, so did I. So I'm thinking, no, you wouldn't. I think I just replied with no. You did. Would you Would you take Robbo back? Well, that's what it was meant to say. Instead, it said, would you take Robbie back? With ah. me thinking I'd said Robbo. You said no. Time for the board to put some work in, think outside the box, and do some recruitment. So here's me thinking, no, you wouldn't take Robbo back because of that. And having just gone back to read it, it actually auto-corrected to Robbie and not Robbo. I was so, thinking I couldn't remember you asking about Robbo. So would you take Robbo back? I, I would like to think we could still source a different manager than just someone who we've had before. But I would take Robbo back before Robbie, based on what Robbo's done in recent times. Um, you're, you're, you're screwing up my auto-correct here. <laughs> it's, I would take John Robertson back ahead of taking Robbie Nielsen back as things stand. Um, not to say that he would be my first choice, but I think there would be worse candidates. And he'd certainly, certainly galvanise the support. He's done well with Inverness. Um, big job, though. I mean, despite the upheaval, I didn't think we were great under him first time. I th- you know, we've. We simmered along. Um, he won 13 and he lost 13. Didn't blow me away. I thought he still had a reasonable squad. So it wouldn't be my first choice, but I would sooner take him back than the, the all-correct. And that's still nothing against Robbie Nielsen, who I think was a great Hearts manager at the time. I just don't think it would be the right decision to, to, re, to, um, to re-employ him at this stage. Okay. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be averse to it. If it happened, I'd like them to think outside the box. But do you get more time with the fans if you employ a club legend? We're talking about that earlier. The Sosés, and just because I mean, Craig Levine uh, is it once bitten, twice shy. We got Jeffries back for a second spell. We got Levine back for a second spell. Do we get Robbo back for a second spell? I was going to go through the goals you've missed, but time is getting on a little bit and we have had quite a few responses to this. So I might save that for next week just to give us a chance to look ahead to Motherwell in the Betfred Cup. Um, So I don't really want to rush through it because people have sent me quite a few responses. So I'll save the goals you've missed until next week. We could also throw some more homework out there as well, though. Um, but I'll save those. So Motherwell away. It's Friday night. So by the time you listen to this, um, it's possibly just before the game, or it could be after the game. Will probably be um, uploaded and available to listen to on Thursday, so day before the game. Um, I guess one big concern ahead of this, Mark, is the fact that a certain um, Stephen Naismith 
uh, went off at half time against Ross County and we hear he's got a bit of a tight hamstring and he is a doubt for the game at Fir Park. Um, I thought one thing to do, James Walker, who, who did send through quite a lot of things, he, he gave a team for um, Motherwell. Now, this was before we'd signed Pereira, so we can maybe take his Doyle pick as well. That was the, the, the best option at the time. But he said um, he would go with a 4-1-3-2. So we'll let you think what you think of this, Mark. Um, Doyle and goals. Left back, White. Right back, Smith. Berra, Halkett in the centre. Uh, defensive midfield, so the one, uh, Demur. Uh, the three being Naismith in the centre. Mulraney left, Walker right. And in attack, Washington and Uche. So keep it aside because you could easily swap Doyle for Pereira. Um, I think just Slamal being dropped is the main, the main thing that's going to happen. I don't think there'll be uh, any real surprise that that's going to happen at Fir Park. Uh, what do you think of that team then that James gave us? It's fine. I mean, this is an, it's a fluid situation. It's an ever-changing situation. Whelan now goes into the team, assuming international clearance is, is achieved and received in time. It, it's fine. I just think now we're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Because uh, what, what's going to be different? We keep changing things. We we talk about things um, and, and how all oh, let's just move them around. Let's let's try something different. There's got to be there's there's got to be a template. There, there's got to there's got to be normality at stage. It, it's funny because there's a Twitter account called Football Tweets. Yes. Yeah. They've just and it's it's very entertaining. They draw. Um, <laughs> I know which one you're going to reference here. Yeah. So a few minutes ago, they they posted a picture of the uh, the Crystal Maze contestants trying to get the the silver bits of paper or gold bits of paper um, that were flying above their head, and it's just entitled Heart Strategy Meeting. <laughs> I and thought you were going to reference the drawing of Zlamal taking out Bera. They did one. They did one of that. But I think no. it's, I know. Yeah, I know that that one's getting. At. I've not seen it, but I know what it's getting at, and it's something that we've both said, um, and it's something which. Just maybe why there's that concern that it's never going to work with Craig Levine, um, and so many people have highlighted it. What's the game plan? I mean, yeah. Ross County yeah. was a bit different because we were actually terrible at the back as well. But even when we've been reasonably solid at the back, there's this been lack of what are we trying to do? What's our what's our approach here to break down the opposition and create chances? And we said. Craig Levine Mark 1, it was very simple. It was, you play quickly up to De Vries, so you get it wide and you get crosses into De Vries. It was a simple yet effective method. Um, I still have never worked out what our approach is, bar maybe some of the, you know, the Celtic game with the high press or some of the games where we've defended reasonably well and hit on the break. But generally at home, when we are the favourites, I've never quite worked out what our approach is. The one thing I want to say about this, and it's you were asking me about what do you think of that team for, for Motherwell. I'm don't I'm not 100% verbatim about this, but I know I did something for a podcast we did last season. I believe that Hearts have not named an unchanged lineup since the tail end of season 2017-2018. If we have, it's maybe one, two at a push. But I remember doing it, and I remember saying it, and I'll find it. I'll find it. Whether it was a league-to-league game, obviously not including the Cups, or whether it was just a straight game-to-game, I think think from game-to-game, there might have been one in August last year that, that we named the unchanged lineup from, 
I think it was from a Betfred Cup game to a league game. But I don't believe, and I might be wrong, that we have kept the same 11 players to start from Premier League game or Premiership game to Premiership game. And if we haven't, and maybe it's one or two, that doesn't really change the argument. Too much tinkering. Which just suggests that the man in charge doesn't quite know what his best team is or hasn't yep. quite decided how... Which And the fact, I mean, second league game of the season, first home league game, and he's saying the players don't have any confidence. Why, why, why don't our players have any confidence? <laughs> how much confidence do the fans have in the coach right now? Not much, I would suggest. Very little. So... What what are you what are you hoping for from the Friday night game at Fir Park? Motherwell, I mean, you know, Motherwell, I thought had a quite decent summer. They had a good Betfred Cup group stage, won all four games pretty comfortably. Nil nil draw away to Livingston, hard place to go. But then they obviously were fairly comprehensively beaten by Celtic five two at the weekend. Um, but it's gonna be a tough game. It's not an easy place to go. Although we have won there um, more than most away grounds in, in recent seasons. Never like playing a team on the back of them being thumped, conceding five. Because it's a lot. I think it's easier going into a game when the manager just needs to say the opposition manager just needs to say to his players, "Same again, boys." And then you might get a little bit of complacency. Um, look at the Cluj Celtic game at Celtic Park and yeah. the pressing. I want to see that type of pressing. It's not easy to do for ninety minutes, but Cluj stopped Celtic from playing. You could have driven a bus through the Celtic defence. And I'm not overly convinced about the Motherwell defence. I think some of the players that, that, that they have middle to front are very good. The young kid um, who, who they've got is, is excellent. He's had a really good start to the season goal-scoring form. Uh, they'll miss Turnbull. But I think back to when Uche sent the goalkeeper into 1984 with that <laughs> challenge that Hearts ended up scoring from, I think. That was the, the, the Uche that, that I want to see. And I, I, I'm very reticent and very wary of, of kind of what do I think will happen, given how badly I called last week or how much enthusiasm <laughs> I had. And you look at the bigger picture and you think, why didn't you see that coming? Nothing's really changed. Uh, a spell at Pitodri where we had opportunities um, to get back into a game and we're 2-1 up. Uh, on the bigger picture, what has really changed? Why this sudden optimism hearts are a great price at, at just a shade of, of odds on to, to beat Ross County? I annoyed when I listened back to it. Actually, I didn't listen to the whole thing as I normally do before we played the game. I listened to the last 20 minutes or so after the Ross County game, and it just, as it transpired, that was the, the, the Ross County chatter and how optimistic we were about what we were going to do. I'm not hopeful. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't see how you can honestly say that you're optimistic or confident about a Hearts team right now that is devoid of confidence. How do we know that? Well, the manager said that. Struggling to score goals um, and, and just a, a little bit all at sea. And, and, and that's the problem. You look at the odds this week. Motherwell are 7-4 to four to beat Hearts. I'd well, be all over that like a rash. Let's, let's hope that we're just as wrong this time. Um, it's a different well, we've, feeling. We've, we've, to, we've totally, yeah, game one and game two. Well, game one, we said Aberdeen, or I said Aberdeen, even money, and it just came in. Week two, horribly wrong. Five to two, the draw uh, was obviously the bet. But here was me saying, oh, I'd give you 72. I'm happy to lay Ross County. 
the width of a post away from me losing a house. If oh, I was yeah. a bookie. Well, they should have scored three or four. But um... Yeah, th- th- this week, the-, the best prices for each of the two teams are exactly the same. Who are you more likely to take? Motherwell. The seventh of... <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. I don't... I don't... A-, a lot depends on Naismith. Is Naismith going to be fit? He's a major doubt. Do you risk him? You've got Celtic coming up. What did I say last week? This is Hart's best chance of success is a trophy. But you don't want to leave a player out for three or four weeks because, like Haring, you played him in a game where he wanted to play in in the cup final for him and, he, and he's out for a while. Damore and Whelan. I don't want Claire to start. I'm, I've had enough of that experiment. There is no way that Sean Clare should play in central midfield in that deep-lying role that he played last week when we have Damore and when we have um, Glenn Whelan. If they're both available... We've got a new goalkeeper. Hopefully, international clearance comes through in time. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic, <laughs> but I'm not. Oh, I don't know what I am. I'm, well, let's I'm just, desperate. Well, I'm hopeful. It's we'll hard. see what happens. Do we want to set any homework? We haven't obviously gone through last. No, no, yet. because no, I, I, I think we carry it forward to, to, to okay. next. I'm not. I'm just D- I, I, disillusioned I don't, I don't like, at the moment. I am disillusioned. I don't like calling for Craig Levine's head, but I think on a, a bigger picture, this is a football club that has the parts in place as far as the players are concerned for the next few years with the youngsters. If it's managed correctly, it could go places, but it's got to have the proper management in place. Well, let's hope at least short term we get some semblance of positivity following Friday night's game, which we will talk about on next week's show. And, and it, we shouldn't, will... it shouldn't have been Motherwell either. Sorry. It shouldn't have been Motherwell. No, but it is. So we'll have to but, deal with it. <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I, again, the, the excuses of if we lose, whatever excuses come up, we shouldn't be playing Motherwell. We should be a seeded team. We should have won our group. We should be one of the top seeds. I'm talking about winning our group with enough points from a group that didn't contain any Premier League sides. We, we should have won all our games in that group. We should have been one of the seeds, and we're not. So, no, I'm not having any excuses. If we lose okay. this game, there are no excuses. No excuses. Well, let's hope there aren't any need. There isn't a need for excuses next week. Uh, we will talk about um, goals you've missed. So, if you haven't got in touch, then let us know about any goals you might have missed for whatever reason down the years. And we will discuss that next week, as well as the result at Motherwell. Whatever that might be, we're not going to make any predictions because we were hopeless last time and the positivity went out the window. So let's just see what happens. And we'll talk next week. But never leave the stream of warm and permanent sand So the days float through my eyes But still the days seem the same And these children that you see
it on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations they're quite aware of what they're going to